Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, look at what we found, and look who we found. We got all sorts of new stuff here uh, in the ESPN MT studio. Welcome in. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. We got a uh, brief glimpse of spring and summer yesterday, and now it's just back to raining and being cold. But whatever. We're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about a whole bunch of things, including sports. Hope you're having a great start to your week. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. If you're watching on SWX Montana Television or on the ESPN MT app. First of all, you see Justin Engel. Uh, we're going to do the business angle live here right off the top. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We got uh, a little awash with all the pro day stuff last week. So uh, we're back at it, the business angle, uh, the overlay between business and sports. Are well, you saying I'm not pro? <laughs> you, are, you are very pro at very many things you do. We also have a new pro jersey, though, hanging up uh, on the wall. We got our Seattle Kraken jersey. We are the affiliates of the Kraken. And uh, myself, Andrew, we were not able to make it over to the affiliate night, but we did send a couple people over there, and uh, they were kind enough and cool enough to give us a bona fide real deal NHL hockey sweater. It even says ESPN Missoula on the back. So how cool is that? Uh, we are going to talk business and sports here right off the top. We also are going to have a, a pretty common theme here. The ramifications of Danny Sprinkle leaving Montana State. I can tell you this is going to be a segment that's not just today, but we have our first sort of uh, side effect of Danny Sprinkle leaving Montana State for Utah State. Jackson Grant who was, for less than a week, uh, perhaps the most prestigious recruit in the history of Montana State basketball, and he's no longer committed to Montana State because he came to play for a coach that's not there anymore. So where does Jackson Grant land? We will see. 
Uh, but he's a former McDonald's All-American uh, out of the uh, the Seattle area and uh, a guy who was the Washington Gatorade Player of the Year once upon a time. Spent a couple years at the University of Washington, and uh, now he is back on the open market. So we'll see. I mean, there's always going to be speculation. Uh, I know a, a head coach in Montana who's from Seattle, uh, Travis DeCure, but uh, we're not going to go down that road quite yet, but we will talk about that. We also got our Treasure State Stars, top individual performances from around the state of Montana from the week. The NBA playoffs start tonight. And uh, for as big of a, a uh, struggle that they've been and as big of a laughing stock as they've been throughout this NBA season, all of a sudden everybody's talking about the Lakers. And the Lakers play tonight against the Timberwolves. So we'll talk about that and get you all set for the rest of the playoff field. And then a melancholy ending. We've been doing our 100 Greatest Sports Heroes book, and uh, we are to the final page, so we're going to finish it off today. So a ton of stuff, a uh, wide array of subjects here. Uh, on to Autos now, so thanks for uh, tuning in here uh, on your Tuesday. You want to stream the show, you always can on the ESPN MT app or on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can always reach us by calling or texting 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Remember that number. We got free Tagliari Deli for you coming up here uh, in just a little while as well, about 40 minutes from now. Uh, so stay tuned for that, 888-1029. All right, I always share with you the stuff that I'm watching and consuming. Justin, by the way, University of Montana business professor, joins us a couple times a month here mm-hmm. to talk about business and sports. Uh, on Netflix, they're, uh, I guess, now re-airing Come Fly With Me, which was a very popular, uh, I don't even know if it's a documentary. It's just, It's like a... It's like a movie about Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's almost like a music video. It's like a music video. It's like 38 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, But I I watched it. I I turned it on late night thinking it was going to elicit all these incredible feelings of nostalgia. Uh By the time I got to the end of it, I was mind blown and so disappointed. Mm. It is so ripe with propaganda and... there's certainly a certain, like, I don't even know what the right word is, angelic nature to it or something, but it's, all I kept thinking from the duration of watching was, first of all, still, the one thing that did hold true is how magical and majestic Michael Jordan was to watch. I mean, he is just such an unbelievable athlete, the way he moves and the way he plays basketball. But also, I mean, this is just like, it's a film that's made basically by his endorsement contracts to make him seem like he's more than human. Yeah. And all I kept thinking about was LeBron James doesn't get any things like this. All LeBron James has is haters that have been trying to squish him forever. It was just very interesting to see. It just seems so unbelievably dated. And sure, it's it's more than 30 years old, so I totally understand how that could happen. But I was just taken aback by uh, how weird it made me feel. It made me feel no sort of good. Part of it could be the kind of... It was a it was a moment in time, and that time sure. has changed. And sure. so our most recent kind of uh, trip down memory lane was the Last Dance, and I think yeah, right. you know, that came out at a particular time in in American history, world history, with the pandemic. And we talked about that a few years ago. It was yeah. a pretty powerful experience watching that raw, highly produced. Right? It was telling yeah. a story, but right. it, it was. Raw and highly, and 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 it felt authentic. Yeah. Whereas you know a highlight reel, at that stage thirty years ago, given we were in a different stage of media and what was available, 
it probably feels very indulgent, right? How did it feel relative to like watching LeBron's announcement when he went to Miami well, years I, ago? I think that the thing, I you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and having the full breadth of history in my brain. Yes. All I kept thinking was this came out in 1989 before Michael Jordan had ever won a championship, and mm-hmm. still they're making him seem like the greatest champion ever. The last dance, I, there was a certain element of overproduction and that, you know, it was Michael Jordan's story being told by Michael Jordan. I totally yeah. get it. But some of the stuff is just, you know, objectively you can't take away from him. They went six for six in the NBA Finals. At this moment, they're still losing to the Pistons in the playoffs. Right, right. Yet, yet they're spinning this like this guy yeah. is, you know, God and, oh, you know, reincarnate. Right, skipping it's skipping steps, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was just an interesting I'm going to have to go watch that. That's on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Well, we'll yeah, check it out. Yeah, go check it out. A business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, the continuation of a couple different subject matters we've had here on the business angle. Uh, first, we've talked extensively over the last couple of years about the status of Montana and Montana State in the Big Sky Conference and sort of the advantages that come with that, but also some of the, the lures that a, a bigger conference could bring to the Montana schools. We had a couple different dominoes fall that sort of showed, I thought, vividly the benefits of being, I mean, the, the number one conference that you always see that's a potential move, and I'm not saying that this is anywhere even close to being in the works, but if you were to pick the ideal conference mm-hmm. for Montana, Montana State to move up to, it would be the, it'd be the Mountain West. Well, we've seen a couple sort of reaffirmations from a basketball front these last couple weeks. First of all, San Diego State played for the national championship and made the Mountain West a pile of money and the run that they went on to the national championship. And then secondarily, Danny Sprinkle jumping to a Mountain West job. And I'm not saying it's all about the money, but it's pretty hard to turn down $900,000 a year. So uh, are are these sort of... Examples of, of what the lure could be or what the incentive might be if you, if you were in an ideal world to make that move? I think it's too early to tell, yeah. right? Like two or three weeks ago in our last segment, we were, we were talking all about the concentration of power in the NCAA tournament, That's right, right. power five conferences and the big, you know, now after the, the, the way the tournament shook out and the final four, the way it shook out, now all the talk is like, oh, the big powerhouses in college basketball, you know, with one and done and with the transfer portal and all of this, like they can't sustain that and these mm-hmm, mid-majors mm-hmm. can sneak in more frequently. Sure. So the narrative's all about what's happening in that moment in a way but i do think you know if the montanas and montana states want to be one of those mid-majors that cracks through like a san diego state i think they need to kind of have enough reach that they have the resources to attract you know a, a if they want to make coaching changes or keep their existing coaches, if those coaches are, are producing, you know, Travis had a great few years, a great run a few years ago and decided to stay. Right. I don't know if he was looking at 900 grand at a school away from Montana. Sure. Um, that's a different calculation. So yeah, if we want to be able to retain talent or attract new talent, I think being in a conference that creates, um, you know, that gives, that creates more revenue opportunities is probably important. Danny Sprinkle, I think, is an interesting case study because when this job first came open at Montana State, they had candidates from across the country. It was a popular job. Mm -hmm. Montana State has a lot of momentum as a university, uh, the community of Bozeman. We've talked about this extensively. Sprinkle, though, 
it, I think people didn't understand how gifted and talented a coach he is because he was the hometown guy. Sure. It just seemed like, oh, they're just hiring the, the prominent alum. It's a safe hire. Yeah. Well, then he goes and turns Montana State basketball into a power like they've never been before, and I don't know how they're ever going to be again without him. But Utah State recruited Danny Sprinkle for nine to ten days, which is the, the timeline of this, which in coaching searches is forever. That is a really long time. And up until the day before he actually took the job, he was staying at Montana State. Mm. But then at the end of the day, the, the opportunity, the longevity, and then the finances of it are too hard to say no to. They went from offering him a three-year deal with the third year as a school option to offer him a five-year deal with five years guaranteed, a guaranteed $25,000 raise every year for five yeah. years straight, and then a, a guaranteed his contract where he's getting a full buyout. On one hand, it's hard to say no to that. On the other hand, though, it's also impossible for universities in this state to compete with that. So, I mean, is there any way besides to move up a conference that Montana, Montana State could find a way to sort of bridge that gap or fill that gap in, I guess? You had to fundamentally change the economics of the equation. Right. So that could come through a conference. That could come through some creative television deal. I'd say the likelihood of that is pretty minimal. Sure. It could come from... You know, a booster or a donor who's willing to under underwrite a coaching or endow a coaching position mm-hmm. in a way that we, we haven't had in the past. That's interesting. But what you described there is like, you know, life transforming wealth. For sure. Right. And, and, and when you're talking about a young guy who, you know, was having a hard time finding affordable housing in Bozeman. For sure. You know, to make that move. And think about, you know, how that that makes a material difference in your opportunities for your family, but also like how long in your life you have to work. It's all these considerations outside of sport that we rarely think about. Um, yeah, to be able to compete with that here, you know, at the Montana schools, we've got to change the financial equation. The business angle, Justin Angle in studio uh, with us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, the other part is that although he's moving to a quote unquote, um, I don't, know, yeah, I don't even want to say more competitive conference, but I guess a more prestigious sure. conference with with a higher top end of competition. It, moving to Utah State actually provides Danny Sprinkle more job security because now he's in a conference in which you finish fourth place every year. You're in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. If you finish the top three every year, you're going to the NCAA tournament. You don't have to win the conference. You don't have to win the conference tournament. At Montana State, the only way he was going to sustain that yeah. is to continue to have right. the best teams in school history. Mm-hmm. Travis DeCure faced this exact scenario. He had back-to-back best teams in school history, 26 wins two years in a row, and still they tournament wins two years in a row. Now, you're 18 wins a year for the last three years. People are complaining, and and all of a sudden, right. you know, it's all this stuff. When when you're, you, I mean, he's never had a losing record, and he probably never will have a losing record at Montana. But the standard is set so high. And I'm not saying Coach DeCure is in any sort of hot water or anything like that. Far from it. He's done an outstanding job in a variety of ways. Particularly, that's kind of how Justin and I first connected with his guys work in the classroom. Mm-hmm. But but it is just sort of interesting too because it's not just about the the baseline bottom money that you're going to yeah. get here. It's also you're providing yourself with a more elongated opportunity to have sustained success. Absolutely. You know, the Big Sky Conference is really only one path into the into that's, the NCAA that's tournament. It. Um, 
And if there's if there's some year where there are two teams that are are, are outstanding, they're probably going to beat each other up enough toward the you know in the regular season and in the tournament that only one of them gets the look. Yeah. I mean, it's rare that like a St. Mary's makes the tournament in a Gonzaga world, right? Even mm-hmm. though they can break mm-hmm. through with a win sometimes, or once, I guess. Sure, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that you're right about Sprinkle having that job security. Like Utah State is still not. It's still a mid-tier program. Right. And I think he's still viewed as a star on the rise. So he's expected to do well at Utah State. But but it's very different than, like, going to a University of Oregon or something like right. that, where, like, instantly you're expected to be an Elite Eight For sure. type of program. For he's sure. got a lot of kind of... He's got a lot of room for variation in performance and some runway to succeed there. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, that that is sort of the scenario that played out with Coach Takir. He was very much in the mix at Washington State. But Washington State is a job where you go there, you have instant expectations, Mm -hmm. but you also have profound uphill battle because... You have Pac-12 money, you have Pac-12 resources, but you're also in the same conference as UCLA yeah. and USC and Oregon. So, you know, it's I guess what I'm saying is it's a lot more sustainable to finish third in the Mountain West at Utah State than it is to finish anywhere near the top half of the conference at Washington State. I mean, Utah State seems like a really smart pick. It's, it's, sure. it's clear that Sprinkle, you know, loved Montana State, loved his connections uh, to, this, to this area, but... You know that is a compelling opportunity, given all those, given the money, but also all the all the setup for. You know, hey, if this guy is, you know, a top class coach, right? This could be the right runway to kind of reach that elite echelon, and very few people do that. And I think, you know, the sorts of people that do are either just have tremendous talent, or they have a talent mixed with kind of playing the circumstances either through luck or very strategically. And, and this looks like a good, smart move. And now Danny Springer gets to prove that he can uh, do it outside of you know, right. the, the the world of, of Montana. His you know, coach at your alma mater is a special thing. I know it's a bittersweet decision for him to leave his alma mater, but now he gets a chance to, to go prove it. He can do it. Uh, somewhere else, in a different place where he isn't the man, he isn't an icon, he isn't you know a legend among legends uh, in the history of the program. The Business Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. You can always visit goblackfoot.com to see all the ways Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Uh, you've been texting me a little bit about Full Swing. A little bit. You finally uh, got yeah, me yeah, to watch yeah, it. Yeah. I know. How, how, what, what have you been thinking? You know, I am... Pretty impressed with the production value. I mean, full right. disclosure, I really don't know a thing about golf. Right. I'd never watch it. I don't find it that interesting. I mean, I, I sort of have this loose awareness of the Tiger Woods arc of history, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I found, one, the production values, the storytelling, how they do character development, and, um, you know, the, the, the drama with the live tour kind of being dropped in the show's lap. And I like the authenticity. I went into it expecting it to kind of be like a, a PR campaign for the PGA. And totally. it is not that. It's not. Uh, and, and there's just a lot of sort of um, diversity of, of characters represented in, in, in the show as well. So I appreciated that, too. I thought they did a good job in terms of diversifying. You start out, first episode, and it's Roy, or it's, uh, it's, it's Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. And <laughs> right, you're like... Right. 
Is this how the whole show is going to go? Like, I, like, at first, I couldn't tell who the two of them were. Like, they look so say it. And, and then are, you're like, oh, yeah. these guys are buddies. That's cool because they're buddies because they're the two best golfers of buddies their age on a private group. Jet and, right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they're gambling for thousands of dollars, like pick them car. And you're like, oh, this is kind of, I don't know yeah. about this. But then they do go into all sorts of different pursuits. Yeah. Um, you know, what's it like being a family man? Right, the guy who brings his family on tour. Tony Finau, he's got five yeah. kids and he's bringing everybody on tour. They they highlight many, there's only, a, you know, percentage-wise, a small percentage of, of professional golfers are minorities. They mm-hmm. highlight many of these guys and what yeah. it took for them to sort of overcome a lot of the obstacles that it took to get into professional golf. And then, like you said, then they have the drama of the live get dropped right in their laps. And, and all of a sudden now, it's just like multifaceted show with all this drama and all these different characters. And it's it's very cool. Yeah, and the, the, the way they kind of use Tiger Woods as a hook for so much of the show is interesting. You know, Tiger's probably price tag for participating was, was far more than this <laughs> well, right. This show could well, afford. Well, Tiger just doesn't do that kind of stuff. Exactly, right? but I mean. they used him as a character, and because they had access to the footage, they were, and because they, they re, you know, the, the representation of, of the, the characters they chose, all of them cited Tiger as, as sort of, uh, a salient motivator to their pursuit mm-hmm. of golf. Mm-hmm. So that thread, I think, is is a place where people can buy in, too. I found that parallel very fascinating, too. There was a moment in time after Michael Jordan retired from the Bulls for the second time, before he'd come back for the Wizards, that if you're a cynical person, which I am, you would you thought to yourself... Did Michael Jordan actually kill the NBA? Because we were always going to be looking for the next Jordan. And then the world at large anointed all of these people that couldn't handle it. Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill and Allen Iverson. Then Kobe Bryant came along, and he he did a, a pretty admirable job of chasing yeah. that ghost for sure. And then we sort of continued to evolve, and we have all this international influence. And then people kind of just realized, hey— we're not going to have another Michael Jordan, but we might have an NBA in which there's 40 or 50 superstars mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan created. That's exactly where we've been in golf. It's the next so. Jordan or the next Tiger, I mean, it almost killed Roy McIlroy. It almost killed Jordan Speed, but these guys all got derailed. Jason Day. But now I think everybody's kind of settled in and realized, wow, now we just have this, this entire group of golfers from all over the world. Yeah. That Tiger Woods sort of helped create. I think that it will be Tiger's indelible influence on the game. Yeah, for sure. And I think the show does a great job of sort of painting that picture. And you know, as a casual fan, the show was fun to watch. As a not even a, a casual fan, as just it, a new fan, I guess. Right? This probably made as, you more interested in golf. Yeah, than you've I ever might been. even pay attention to these guys. Um, so mission accomplished for golf, I guess. <laughs> Fellas, here's a, here's a life hack for you. If you're a big golfer, you like golfing, you like. Uh, Playing golf, you like watching golf. You got a significant other. Watch full swing with her. <laughs> I watched this with my girlfriend. She's she's like, I, golf's boring. I don't want to watch golf. We watched this show. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Thursday, I get off work. I'm like, I, I want to watch the Masters again. She's sitting there. She's like, let's watch Brooks. Let's watch this. I'm like, yeah, buddy. We're, wow. We got it. We got it. We got some character building. We got some intrigue. She was checking the scoreboard all week because she's interested in the characters. That's what... That's why we do what we do, though, is to tell you guys about the characters so you're interested in it, whether uh, no matter what level of sport uh, it might be. I also thought this Masters was fascinating mm, yeah. because uh, the live guys are there, and the live guys came to play. And I thought Riley Corcoran actually said it really well on the show yesterday. He said, for as much talk and debate and vitriol that there's been around this whole subject of 
the Live Tour. What does it mean? How is it affecting the PGA? How is it affecting professional golf? The Masters was sort of a sanctuary in which we just stopped talking about it for just a minute. And even if you want to hate Brooks Kepka for what he's affiliated at, you're watching him, you're watching Phil Mickelson, you're watching some of these guys. Uh, but I was want to know your perspective. Do you think the PGA Tour sighed a sigh of relief when a PGA guy won the Masters? Well, oh, for sure. I mean, if yeah. Phil, if Phil yeah. Mickelson would have won the Masters at yeah. 52 years old after jumping to the live. That's a big middle finger. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think the internet would have broken. I don't, I don't think Twitter could have handled that. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. They probably breathed a big sigh of relief. Uh, and I wonder, too, like, does the Masters... I don't know enough about golf to really understand like how a course can you know or how a particular player can be suited to a particular course sure. you know obviously phil has a in tiger and those sorts of people they can probably win anywhere but they have a particular talent match with with um with augusta for sure but i mean i, that, I mean that's tiger woods in a nutshell right tiger woods right. tigers won 82 pga events but there's like four tournaments in which he's won it like nine or ten yes. times because like like the Bay Hill Invitational, mm-hmm. the Buick Open. Like, they play the Buick Open because Tiger's the biggest spokesperson for the Buick, but they put it on his home course so he can go shoot 65 every time, Exactly. Right? So there is a certain element of that. But you also wonder, like, does the Masters occupy a space that... It obviously occupies a space that transcends the PGA Tour. That's right. But it's, it's almost... It's like World Cup soccer or Wimbledon, I feel like, in a way, does this in tennis. It's it's an event that, as a standalone event, it's bigger than the tour in which it, it belongs. And so that probably, I mean, that, that created a unique opportunity for the lift guys to show up ready to play. But it also, in some ways, having those guys toward the top is maybe not quite as threatening to the PGA, because I don't think people think of it as a PGA event. It's this distinct thing with its very distinct brand. That's a really good point. And I think that's what's going to keep the major strong, yeah. is only the PGA Championship is a PGA right. event. The U.S. Open is a USGA event. The British Open is an independent, it's the Open. It's an Open Championship. That's why it is what it is. And then the Masters is an independent tournament. So, so from a pure business perspective, this absolutely worked, though, because 13 million-plus people watched Sunday yeah. at the Masters the most ever. And this has been an iconic tournament mm-hmm. for a really long time. And there isn't Tiger Woods playing on Sunday, and you still had the highest rating share you've ever had. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> it, 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 for and that has spillover effects for the PGA. I mean, all of it kind of, you know, you know I think the PGA kind of realized at, at some point that they couldn't stop this live thing. And they they sort of had to had to play aggressive defense, right? And, and I think they've, you know, to the extent they couldn't stop it, have probably arrived at a fairly optimal strategy given the constraints they were facing. The business angle, Justin Engel, in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. You're listening on ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. Thanks for joining us, no matter how you're tuning in. Uh, last thing for you, sure. I, I think that. Aside from people's misunderstanding of what the NCAA exists for, there's a, the other biggest misunderstanding in the wide world of sport is what the NFL commissioner's job is. Yeah, People hate Roger Goodell. They hate him. They hate him on TV. They hate him talking. They hate him being heavy-handed and laying down all these different rules and suspensions and all that stuff. Yet Roger Goodell is about to sign 
I believe his fourth contract to maintain as the NFL commissioner, making him the longest-standing commissioner in the history of American pro sport. Mm -hmm. He is rumored to be uh, set to receive more than $50 million a year in guaranteed salary. And uh, I don't particularly like Roger Goodell's personality, but I say good job by him, and it's hard to dispute that he's done his job Correctly, I think people think that he's supposed to be the spokesperson or something for the NFL. He's not. He works for 32 people. They're the people that own exactly. the NFL franchises. He is the, the the proxy for the owners. And I think him, be, we've talked about this before, like him being the target of such hate and vitriol amongst the fan base, amongst the players. It's all anger that would otherwise be directed at owners. And the owners probably, you know, probably for these these owners, the $50 million a year is a small price to pay to have that heavy bag out there just taking all the punches that they would otherwise be taking themselves. And when you talk about the way that he's grown the league, again, yeah. there's there's so much uh, unsavory mm-hmm. about the NFL, yet it's meteoric. The way that it has grown, I mean, the profit margins of the TV deals are just, they're second to none when it comes to Pro sports in America in the modern era. Yeah, like take the growth curve for the NFL and just instead of uh, all the mythology and values that we attach to sports and competition and instead just imagine a world where Roger Goodell is the CEO of a um, of a casino consortium. Right. And if you were to just look at the increase in revenue and profitability and market share, you would say that that casino magnate had done a fantastic job at optimizing to the certain set of metrics. So if we're if we're looking at viewership, if we're looking at um, market share, if we're looking at revenue dollars, if we're looking at growth, Roger Goodell's tenure has been historically successful. Um, the 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 other stuff. We've talked about it extensively, and you keep asking me like, "When is it going to end? How how bad right. can how bad can like behavior or news get for the NFL?" And it doesn't seem to be stopping this train at all. The last piece of news to get to here is that today the NFL announced a partnership with YouTube TV, which is uh, mm. we've been sort of speculating what yep. what streaming way is the NFL going to go? They're partnering with them for NFL Sunday Ticket. They're going to charge upwards of three hundred plus dollars for next season. The outcry on social media at this is that this is an exorbitant and uh, price gouging uh, way of going about this. On the other hand, though, there are so many people that are going to pay that. Oh yeah, yeah. As, I mean, the people on social media are probably going to pay it for sure. And you know, I think that that people are probably going to look at. I think a lot of people that, you know, consume streaming services are probably looking at trade-offs, but their portfolio of services and thinking, wow, you know, I've got all these services and I seem to be paying more a month than I did for the bundle, the cable bundle years ago. And people are going to make trade-offs. And for this kind of YouTube uh, opportunity to come into the, to the assortment, it comes at a time where people are probably looking carefully at their entertainment budget and NFL has such a, a strong like iron grip yep. on the calendar and on the attention and on people's passions that I, I think they're yeah I think they're going to be plenty of subscribers <laughs> absolutely you want to go find out how Blackfoot Communications can help you and your small business visit goblackfoot.com a couple times a month 
This guy, Justin Engel, and I meet up to talk about the overlay between business and sports. It is the business angle. Anything left to add before we get you out of here? No, just good to see you, man. It's been a while. Fun to be in studio. Yeah, good seeing you. Thanks for coming down. We will uh, talk more specifically about the latest domino when it comes to Danny Sprinkle jumping ship to Utah State. He comes in the form of a five-star recruit that was the biggest recruit Montana State's ever gotten. He's not a bobcat anymore. I have no idea where he's going to land, but I cannot imagine that this is the end, but only the beginning. More on the fallout at Montana State after Danny Sprinkle moves to Utah State. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help that's when you need to call schulte law firm because we know the players we know the game we can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want if you've had a bad day visit jschultelaw.com ESPN Missoula. watch the show statewide on swx montana television For some reason, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that John Popper had died. Now, don't have any panic here. John Popper, the lead singer blues traveler, who we're coming back with here today, on Nuanas now, has not died. He's, in fact, alive and well. He is uh, 56 years old, and he's still the, uh, the lead singer of Blues Traveler. Well, guess what? Imagine my surprise when I saw that not only is John Popper still alive and not only is Blues Traveler still uh, an existing band that is still touring, but they're coming to Missoula. Wow. It just keeps getting better. Keep it up, Log Jam. Uh, That's the news of the day. That's what, uh, well, actually, Log Jam went nuts today. We obviously at Missoula Broadcasting Company, we get all these emails because of our great music radio stations, the Trail 1033, the uh, the main one when it comes to log jam shows. But uh, they announced Devin Ullman and Donovan Frankenreiter at the Top Hat to this uh, this upcoming summer. They also uh, announced the group Mo will be coming to the Wilma uh, this summer. They also announced Humphreys McGee will be coming to the Wilma this summer. Uh, I guess next fall, technically, next September. But then the one I was most excited about, Blues Traveler and Big Head Todd and the Monsters. They'll join forces for the Blues Monsters Tour, and they will stop in Missoula on July 13th. That's a Thursday. Man, I'm going to have a busy July. I got a lot of concerts on the docket. Uh, coming up this summer, but particularly in the month of July. But... Uh, 
what do you know for me? That's the lightest sports month on the calendar. So we'll be rocking. Maybe I'll see you down there by the river. You want us now? I think I already said that. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Thanks to Justin Angle for swinging by, swinging in. Always appreciate seeing my guy, University of Montana business professor, one of my favorite people to conversate with, particularly about the uh, overlay between business and sports. He's taught me uh, so much uh, and made me look at and analyze. I, I've always had sort of a, a business uh, a business angle, how about that, uh, on the, the world of sports, especially college athletics, because it does revolve around money so much. Higher education in general does, especially when college athletics are attached to state universities like they are here in Montana. But Justin's taught me uh, so much and, and also helped me just have an even keener eye for that sort of thing. So I always appreciate uh, when he swings in. We talked a lot about what might happen if Danny Sprinkle left Montana State. Then it looked like Danny Sprinkle was not going to leave Montana State. Then Danny Sprinkle decided to leave Montana State. The uh, multiple-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, the coach of the defending Big Sky Conference champions, he uh, is going moving on to Utah State. He signed his contract officially yesterday, and um, then today, one of the main reasons we thought that, well, several main reasons, our, our sourcing on the Sprinkle coaching search was pointing towards Sprinkle staying at Montana State and and making another run at NCAA tournament bid. But the, the other sort of uh, red herring here was the commitment of Jackson Grant. Jackson Grant was the Washington Gatorade Player of the Year three years ago out of Olympia, Washington. He played two seasons at the University of Washington, and then he committed to Montana State via his personal Twitter page about six days ago. I think it's April 5th when he officially committed. Uh, his tweet said he was a thousand percent committed. But then today, six days later, he said, due to unforeseen circumstances, I'm reopening my recruitment while keeping all my options open. Well, it, makes, it makes sense to me. The kid's getting killed on Twitter by Bobcat people that were really hoping he landed at Montana State. Pretty clear, though, that he committed to Montana State to go play for Danny Sprinkle. And I don't think that uh, a kid who is a McDonald's high school All-American wants to navigate the waters of waiting to see who Montana State might hire as its head men's basketball coach. Uh, instead, and I don't I don't have any, any insight into where this kid might go. I mean, maybe he follows Sprinkle to Utah State. Maybe he goes, I mean, the kid's pedigree means he's going to be a high-level uh, a coveted commodity. It was it was a huge get and, and in some uh, ways a historic get for Montana State because I just really don't think Montana State's ever had a player. Well, I know Montana State basketball has never had a player who's a McDonald's All-American and a former Washington Gatorade Player of the Year. But uh, make no mistake, this is a this is a loss for Montana State. Even though he never even was a part of the team, he was just committed via social media for six days. It's still still a loss for Montana State, and you have to just sort of assume it's only the very beginning. I don't want to sit here and speculate that other guys are going to move on. I'm going to start digging into this coaching search uh, from a journalism and reporting standpoint, probably a little bit later on uh, this week. 
it just became officially official at Utah State. And so now Montana State's going to be embarking on their upcoming hiring process. So we'll keep you in the loop, and I'll give you as much as I can as that all plays out. But, Andrew, I know yesterday we talked a little bit about this, but it's not just Danny Sprinkle leaving Montana State. This is sort of the omnipresent narrative in the Big Sky Conference right now is sort of dominoes falling, and hardly any of the dominoes falling are advantageous to the league. I mean, we saw Steel Ventures commit to Gonzaga over the weekend, Big Sky MVP. We saw Jalen Cohn from Northern Arizona commit to Cal today. It just seems like the hits keep coming, especially on the men's side, and there hasn't been hardly anything to, to counterbalance it, at least at this exact moment. Yeah, what I was thinking about earlier today, Coulter, I, you're, you're absolutely right. It's been a tough couple weeks for the league. It's sort of another reminder of the Big Sky Conference's place in the ecosystem of college basketball. We saw this, of course, at the end of the football season when multiple good Big Sky head coaches left to take assistant coach jobs at Power 5 or uh, FBS schools. And it's just a never-ending reminder of the limitations that the conference is working with. Well, what stuck in my mind today, Coulter, is is this actually in a way a good thing for the place of the conference? I mean, there are basketball leagues in the country that are low majors like the Big Sky Conference, but who do not have players going to Gonzaga and to Cal. I mean, Jalen Cohn, he, he's a great player, but he was never a first-team All-Big Sky guy. No, and he was on the last time. Mean, he was on teams that were I finished at the best eighth place. Exactly, and he's going out of here to a, to a Power 5 team. Steel Ventures, of course, was the right. Big Sky MVP, but I don't think either of us thought that he was like the best player in the league this year. He's only going to a top 10 team. Does that say something maybe encouraging about the place of the conference and then the talent level and maybe the still remaining talent in the conference? This is an excellent point. I think it's all about embracing what you are, and I think that's going to be the thing that holds the Big Sky back because... What you're saying, as an objective observer, being able to market your program or, or, your, or your league as a league in which you can come in, produce, and move on, that could be a good situation for the big sky. There's no individual coach, at least at this current iteration of college basketball, that's going to accept that, though. No, and they shouldn't. They're right. But it's not so much as the coaches, though, as it is, uh, I think, the fan bases and also maybe the administrations have to accept that maybe that will be the new reality. This is my take on Josh Bannon going pro. Josh Bannon was a great individual talent. We knew he was going to be a pro for as long as he wanted to be, when he wanted to be it, from what? Probably like the the, the end part of his freshman year. Like We, we knew that he was going to be a guy that was going to make money playing basketball. Also, though, his presence at the University of Montana, it impacted winning, but not at an incredibly high level. I guess what I'm getting at is it's not like like Montana State stands to face this whole thing falling apart after reaching heights unseen in their program's history. Whereas Montana, they haven't been what they were for several years in a row. I guess what I'm saying is, Josh Bannon, he he himself, his unique skill set is really hard to replace. But for the Gri- for the Grizzmen's basketball program to not be a 500 team in league, that should be the expectation no matter who the players are. And I don't really know how much 
I guess what I'm saying is with Josh Bannon as their centerpiece, they were just 500 in league for three years in a row. Yeah, what is like Northern Arizona going to do worse now that Jalen Cohn is right. gone? Seems, seems difficult, right? Right, totally. Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing to sell is that we're going to be the place where you can stop for a few years and yeah. eventually move on because it's just so antithetical to what college basketball and what college athletics has been before five years ago. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Th- this is <laughs> Andrew and I uh, not only work here at ESPN Radio together and at Sky Sports together, we also live together, so he has to hear me rant about certain things quite often and, and maybe even rant at a harder and... Uh, more annoying level than I even do here on the radio. But I was, like, stuck for the first part of the basketball season on how bad I thought the big sky was. And it's the only thing I talked about when we were uh, just he and I talking. He kept trying to tell me, first of all, you have to analyze it through the scope of this year, this league, and this state of affairs in college basketball, which I was able to do by the second half of the year. But also... I kept thinking to myself, as the RPIs kept coming out and the net ratings kept coming out, the Big Sky was actually in a higher standing than at any point it had been in the last six years. That, to me, though, was indicative not of the Big Sky being any better or worse than it ever has been, but to the Big Sky being in a better place of health than a very many leagues that exist in Division One college men's basketball. It's not as if the Big Sky just got so much better than a lot of the other leagues but it's that this current state of affairs is destroying the bottom part of Division I college basketball. Like the leagues like the SWAC and the MEAC and, and things like this, forget about it. Like they, they, if this is the only thing the big sky can stand on, it's still better than standing on nothing, which is where a, like the bottom 10 leagues are at. I think that's absolutely right. That's what I, and that's what I'm saying with these transfers. There are a ton of leagues who just don't have guys who are of, it sucks to lose guys like Jalen Cohn and Steel Ventures. Yeah. There are a lot of leagues who don't have players of that <laughs> right. caliber to lose, right? right. And right. it goes right. back to what I always said about uh, you know, you had great discussions about why the Big Sky Conference hasn't won a tournament for longer uh, tournament game for longer than any conference in the nation, right? And we hit on a bunch of reasons, but what I always said is, you know, maybe it's just bad luck. Maybe it's just a run of un- of of likely things happening over and over again, right? Like actually, the Big Sky Conference isn't worse than these MEAC or you know some of the Northeastern sure. conferences that have won a game. Maybe it's just a, a thing that happened. I did, this just occurred to me. I'm, I'm not trying to proclaim any sort of crazy brand name recognition for the Big Sky on a national level, but I do think that the fact is that pretty much every school in the league is either a, a state school or a directional school with a state name. You... If you know how to read the English language, you can put together that Eastern Washington is in Eastern Washington. As opposed to, like, St. Peter's or Where's Quinnipiac? Right. You know, where is Cornell? You know, like, we know, but most, you know, where's Duquesne? Like, when the Grizz played Duquesne, I was like, I know Duquesne's in the east, but I didn't know it was in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. You don't know that kind of stuff. I actually wonder if that has actually hurt the big sky when it comes to tournament seeding, too. Just because the NCAA tournament, they love matchups. Montana, Michigan has a nice ring to it, right? Like sure. you, you get a little bit more gusto because oh, Montana, I, I know, I know Montana. That's a state, and Montana has a team that's in the tournament 
most, uh, every so often. And so you just have a little bit more brand name recognition. That's interesting. I had never thought of that before, but maybe that's actually to the detriment of the big sky. Yeah, but I think it has the upside if you actually do ever pull off one of those wins, right? If Montana for sure. State for sure. knocks off Kansas State this year, it becomes a lot easier for people to latch on to. Oh, I mean, they're the Montana State Bobcats. 100%, man. I mean, growing up in western Montana as a kid, like when Ken Griffey Jr. and, and Randy Johnson and those mid-'90s Mariners teams, when they beat the New York Yankees in the ALDS, because it's so rural in the Northwest, now all of a sudden you've galvanized an entire region of people. You have fans from Seattle to Wyoming because there's nobody else for them to root for. The state school thing would be a little bit harder is just because, you know, like the cliche would be, Ooh, everybody's Bobcat fans now. And, you know, there's half a million Grizz people in the state that would be like, I'm never going to be a Bobcat fan for anything, even if they, you know, beat Gonzaga and Kansas in back-to-back games. But I do think that that's a real element, too, where, where you get some you get some more gusto, some more regional juice behind you. We could hash this out and talk about this for a really long time, but we got to get out. We're going to come back, give us some of our best performances individually, our Treasure State stars. How about a couple young men that went to California and ran bananas? A couple sub-nine-minute two-miles. That's unheard of for Montana runners. That leads our Treasure State Stars. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio Missoula. So one of the craziest jobs I ever had was working at the Marlboro Ranch up in uh, Dead Rock, Montana. That's a real place. I won't tell you the whole story of the Marlboro Ranch right now because we don't have time. But there was this cover band. I was a bartender up there. Seriously, the craziest job of my life. It was an absolute trip. But there was this cover band up there that used to play all these songs, including a couple Big Head Todd and the Monsters songs. I was not, not that familiar with them, but then I, I came to realize that they're very, very popular in Montana, especially in southwestern Montana. So then I ended up seeing Big Head Todd and the Monsters twice uh, up in Big Sky during my time living in Bozeman. And now Big Head Todd and the Monsters are coming to Missoula with Blues Traveler on July 13th. So that, that'll be very fun. Welcome back to Honest Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Time for our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Nathan Neal and Weston Brown, a couple runners out of Bozeman High School. They went to the Arcadia Invitational down in California last weekend. And this is cool. When you see young people get in to elevated competition in track and field, and it helps raise their levels, both of these guys had run in the 9.30 range, nine and a half minutes, in the two-mile before, which is very good times. But in uh, some of the fastest heats among high school kids in the country, Nathan Neal 
ran 8 minutes and 50 seconds in the 3,200 meters. And Weston Brown ran 8 minutes and 48 seconds in the 3,200 meters. Now, here's the, the tail of the tape on those two times. First of all, you can't set state records in Montana officially unless they're at state meets. But they still have sort of a ledger of records that weren't set at state meets, but they're still like the all-time best times. Well, those are the two best times in the 3,200 meters ever in the history of the state of Montana. So that itself is impressive. They're also obviously the two best times by Montanans this year. But also, Weston Brown's time ranks 13th in the country among high school two-mile runners, and Nathan Neal's time ranks 18th in the country. So Bozeman High School has two kids in the top 20 in the United States in the 3,200 meters. Pretty cool. And uh, just shows you if, when you elevate your game and elevate your level of competition, uh, just what you can achieve. Treasure State star number two, Sam Vidlack. He's the talk of the town these last couple days after his phenomenal performance in the Grizz spring game on Friday night. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been, well, I should say not a long time. It's been several years, though, since I've gotten the array and the the uh, the prolific number of texts that I've gotten from people asking me, how's the Boise State kid? How's the transfer looking? Is that our is that the number one quarterback for the Grizz? And I can tell you, Sam Vildak, barring completely unforeseen circumstances, is certainly uh, the guy that's going to be starting under center for the Grizz. Uh, because he's transferred so much, I was actually sort of out uh, to lunch that he was only a sophomore as well. So I think that bodes well for the Grizz in the here and now and moving forward. Uh, he was 11 of 15 for 152 yards and two touchdowns, but it was far beyond the numbers what he produced in the spring game. I thought he made three or four throws where he's throwing guys open that we really haven't seen uh, for Grizz quarterbacks in quite some time. So I think that that's a, a bright light for Montana moving forward. Turner State star number three, Taco Dowler. He is a former Montana Gatorade player of the year. He, uh, the Cats are having multiple uh, scrimmages during their spring ball. They will have a uh, Sunny Hall and spring game coming up, but they've had a couple open events, including one this last weekend. And Taco Dollar stole the show. He had four catches for over 100 yards, kind of 75-yard bomb. And uh, by all accounts, uh, he is looking to take another step up after having a great freshman season that saw him earn all league honors as a punt returner and also have some really explosive plays as a wide receiver. Uh, Taco Dowler making waves there at Montana State. Treasure State star number four, Luke Fennelly. Luke's a guy that I saw firsthand grinding. He was a, a graduate assistant and a director of ops at Montana State on Brian Fish's staff. I swear to you, every time I ever went into Fish's office, Fennelly was in the office. He was always down there grinding it out, and he worked his way up. He became an assistant. Then he became a full-time assistant at Montana State Billings on Mick Durham's staff. And now... A couple weeks ago, McDurham retires. Last week, Luke Fennelly named the head coach at Montana State Building. So in case you're you're uh, listening, my man, congratulations. I know you've worked for a really long time and really hard uh, to get to this uh, opportunity, and uh, good job by you. Thursday start number five, how about Patrick O'Connell and Ty Okada? Those are the two standout uh, performers at the respective pro days for the Grizz and the Bobcats last week. I thought O'Connell did enough to absolutely garner himself an NFL opportunity I don't know if he'll get drafted only because he, he measured in at 6'1", 229 pounds, which is not prototype size, but 38.5-inch vertical, 4'6", in the 40, you know, 10'8", broad jump. Uh, he was a, a standout performer. He looked exceptionally good, peak physical fitness, and uh, certainly looked the part for uh, as the former Grizz. And then Ty Okada, he blew the doors off the thing. 40.5-inch vertical, 4'4", 4'4", in the 40, 
uh, 10 foot nine in the broad jump. All of his marks were among the most impressive marks of any prospects in all of college football. Uh, and uh, I think he absolutely also earned himself an NFL opportunity. And uh, who knows? Maybe he'll sneak. He's also got the undersized things going on, but maybe he will sneak uh, into the back end of the NFL draft. And then our last Cheddar State star, Trey Webb, a guy who was a standout on Pro Day last year at MSU, a former San Jose State transfer who just spent one year with the Bobcats but was an all-Big Sky player. He had a cup of coffee with the Atlanta Falcons last year. Uh, He stayed ready, and earlier this week, he signed a contract with the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. So uh, another guy with Montana ties continuing to play football uh, at the professional level. Church State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union is a great place in western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. NBA Buy or Sell Playoff Edition plus a history lesson, the final history lesson in our book of the 100 Greatest Sports Stars. That's hour number two. Plus, we got free Tagliari Deli for you as well. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 